The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show on this Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. Historian Jim Gregory joins us during the six o'clock hour. The president of Cuesta College, Dr. Jill Stearns, will grace our studio tomorrow during the five o'clock hour. This hour, always good to be in conversation with Jeff Bliss. Let me set up the topic this way. A couple weeks ago, you might recall, we had uh, Sam London in here introducing uh, many of us to the idea of AI or artificial intelligence. Now, it seems to me that just about anywhere you turn, there is some article slash concern being raised about artificial intelligence. Uh, just today, there is a huge article out about reporters, journalists, being replaced by artificial intelligence. There are many people who are beginning to express concern about all this. Always good to have Jeff Bliss on this broadcast to separate it all out as he joins us now. I think this is Jeff Bliss, but I have no way of being sure. Jeff? Uh, it's completely <laughs> completely computer-generated. It's not here. I'm, in, I'm on a vacation in Fiji or something. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, welcome, um, welcome yeah, back. Great to be with you. And and we're kidding about that, but I just saw an article yesterday that they is a deep deep fake. They now have deep fake audio where they have Biden and McConnell talking, but it's not their voices. It's all been generated by AI. Yeah, that's uh, that's one scary aspect of this is that. We're, you know, they're now able to take and, and generate, uh, you know, audio and, and video uh, or create photos that are indistinguishable from the real thing. Now, most of the stuff we're seeing right now is kind of by amateurs, <laughs> but really they're at higher levels. They have been able to perfect it in a way that it's indistinguishable. And that gets scary because, you know, if you're a, a military person and you get orders from your commander in chief or even somebody else in the, in the, you know, in the chain or a whole host of things you can imagine could happen. You know, they're trying to figure out how are we going to be able to tell apart the real from the computer generated stuff here. And it, it's kind of moving so fast that they think it's out of our hands now. Yeah. Well, let's, let's start with the concern. You were telling me that people uh, as diverse as Elon Musk and Bill Gates have been sounding alarms about artificial intelligence. That's right. You know, I, I mean, you can go back uh, several decades and you can see where in popular culture they were worried about it in movies like 2001 Space Odyssey and Colossus the Forbin Project, where they talked about uh, machines, you know, <laughs> having power over the people who created them, whether it was for military or political or exploratory reasons. And, you know, that kind of gives you that feeling in the pit of your stomach. But you know, the one I kind of always look at it was an article written by Bill Joy back in 2000. He was working, he was working at Sun Microsystems, which doesn't really exist anymore. He was the chief science officer there, and he wrote a, a really impactful uh, piece called "Why the Future Doesn't Need Us," and it was really about why uh, you know AI is going to decide someday that 
we really don't need to be here. You know, we've gotten to the point where we can teach machines to fix themselves. I mean, you can go to car factories and computer places where people basically don't touch uh, a computer throughout its assembly now. And then when the machine breaks down, it learns to fix itself. So we're moving, we're moving that way. And he said, you know, it's, it's going to get to the point where we're going to have to make a choice here. So you've had people like Bill Gates and, and Musk and, and other people who are involved in the tech sector saying, we've got to find a way to, to slow this down or at least have a kill switch installed so that if worse comes to worse, we can turn it all off. Well, the, and, the, the uh, other example comes yeah. to mind is airplanes now. Pilots don't really fly the airplanes anymore. That's right. I mean, and some airlines have been talking about, hey, why don't we get it down to just one pilot? Because really all they need to be there is an emergency if the system goes down. Of course, pilots aren't happy about that. And the pilots union is even more unhappy. But, uh, you know, that that's where we're headed with a lot of things. I mean, look at all the things that are drone now. You know, you have drone food deliveries and surveillance and, and you name it. So, uh, and we're still really in the early stages of that. Imagine what it's going to be like in another 10 or 20 years. I mean, we could spend hours just looking at all the implications. There are, uh, I mentioned reporters being placed by artificial, replaced by artificial intelligence. In the schools, uh, you sent me the article about how cheating will become the new norm. That's right. It's already happening in schools, particularly in universities, where uh, students are utilizing these chat GPT and Bing chat features and things like that to write essays for them. And so uh, some people have worked on developing, you know, software that can tell apart the machine generated from the human generated, and they've been able to catch some people cheating. But the fact remains is that, you know, it, it Technology doesn't stand still. That's not it. It keeps moving forward. So it's going to be tough to keep up with these people who are using it for, you know, other than wonderful causes. Yeah, Jeff Bliss on this broadcast. Well, another example is that I have the uh, new director of the Quest to College Writers Conference. I had him on the other day talking about the conference, and he's offering a workshop on AI. And I asked him what it was about, and he was explaining how uh, AI is a hot new topic right now in the publishing world and how we're going to have books totally written by computers. And my question was, well, who would want to read a book written by a computer? <laughs> well, it's not the only uh, part of the creative world that, that is feeling that impact. I'll get to that later. But I'll give you an example. I was having this discussion with a colleague, and they were very much – very doubtful about, you know, what I was telling him, saying, oh, you know, it's another fad, whatever. So on one of the projects we were working on, I covertly uh, programmed uh, the chat GPT feature, and it wrote the whole essay for me that I was preparing for this project. Now I went in and made some changes and cleaned it up and made it, you know, easier to read. But I turned around and gave it to them, and they said, oh, this is great, thanks. I said, that was completely generated by chat GPT. Wow. What was his reaction? <laughs> His, his mouth, his jaw hit the floor. It took me all of about a minute to think about what I wanted that essay to be, two minutes to type it in, and then five or ten minutes just to kind of read through it and clean it up, make sure it read right. And, you know, I didn't do it. I didn't cheat or anything. It just pulled together all the information that was there, synthesized it. But he was shocked when I told him, and I told him how long it took me to do it, because this would have been, would have been a project that took hours. And this is only in 2023. Venture, <laughs> guess what it's going to be like in 2053. Exactly. I mean, and you know, there's some debate among people who work in the AI world. Is this really artificial intelligence 
or is it just machine learning that mimics man? But the problem is, is that, well, the challenge is that this technology, it doesn't move just like I learn one thing one day, one thing the next day. It's learning and growing exponentially, which, you know, two times two times two, you know, it gets crazy. You can't, see, you can't even come close to approaching it as a human in terms of speed. All right. Uh, we will speed away, but we will be back. Jeff Bliss on this broadcast talking about the growing concern over artificial intelligence in this country. Uh, we'll be back. Your phone call still to come. We're live. We're local. This is Hometown Radio. The big question, Jeff Bliss, as we're back with you, can artificial intelligence host a radio show? <laughs> That's a really good question. I'd like to just you know, categorically uh-huh. come out and say it, it probably will someday, someday, but not as good as Dave Congleton. Uh, bless you. Bless you. On the uh, Stolberg-Tatum <laughs> text line, text number one, I watched the movie I, Robot last night and had a whole new understanding of it put in the context of today. It's funny uh, your uh, listener says that because I was just coincidentally not in preparation for today. I was watching it, too, working on some late-night projects, and I was thinking, yeah, hey, Isaac Asimov and, you know, Arthur C. Clarke and all these great science fiction writers, was it really fiction or was it just, you know, forecasting what was going to happen? Is, um, is iRobot the one with Will Smith? Yeah. That's the one where he goes and smacks a robot? Tells him yep. to stop talking about his wife. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, that's a different one, but anyway. <laughs> uh, second text on the Stolberg Tatum line. In 2014, Susan writes, Hi, Susan. Stephen Hawking said AI could be the end of the human species. What does Jeff think about that now, and why would humans do that to themselves? Excellent question. Well, I think, you know, starting with your second question, why would humans do a lot of things to themselves that pose you know, a possible end to their existence, whether it's creating the atomic bomb or creating bioweapons that can get out of labs <laughs> or any a whole host of things. Why, why do we do what we do? You know, it's for, for power, for wealth, or, you know, like in that line in Jurassic Park, you know, they did it, but they didn't think about what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, they did it because they thought they could, you know. Um, so it's hard to say, but, I mean, that fear of us, you know, running ourselves into extinction is exactly what, you know, Hawking and Gates and and Musk and others are talking about. I mean, we have agencies within the federal government that are working on this constantly, trying to figure out how they're going to prevent it from happening, how they can keep on top of it. Hmm. Well, another example is the world of art. Masterpieces been recreated. That's right. There's been a controversy in the art world over the past couple of months where uh, AI programs and uh, devices have created these these works of art, some that have won awards, and some that have sold for tens of thousands of dollars. And, you know, of course, artists are upset about it. It's eating into their livelihood. People who care about art say, well, there's no soul to it. But a number of other people are saying, it's taking all of the great features of the greatest artists and being able to put it in one pen or paintbrush or whatever they're using, and what they're getting is just phenomenal. And so there's a fear that, you know, these types of things are going to drive people out of business or out of 
creating meaningful art? Who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm told that Hunter Biden is really scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll continue to do fine. <laughs> His patrons oh, love him. Lord. Uh, Jeff Bliss on this broadcast. So the question becomes, what, if anything, given all this concern, let's start with Congress. Is Congress concerned about this? Are they getting involved at all, Jeff? Congress is concerned. As a matter of fact, uh, within the past couple weeks, a, uh, a congressman uh, stood in the well of the House and gave a speech and was talking about these types of things. And at the end, he said, and guess what? My entire speech was written by, you know, something like one of these chat GPT uh, bots. And, you know, everybody's, everybody was a wow. That's, <laughs> and they sat there thinking it sounded just like any other, um, you know, speech given by a congressperson. So it was pretty wild that, uh, you know, he did that. I kind of, that's one of the things that inspired me to do that with this person I was working with to say, now do you think it's a fad? <laughs> uh, so, but what are they prepared to do? What what options would Congress realistically have? Well, that's, <laughs> that's the billion dollar question. They don't know really what they can do. You know, some of them, like Musk has suggested, we need to have a kill switch. We need to find some way to be able to turn it off. But, you know, when you're so connected as we are, uh, and yet so individual with our devices around the world, it's hard to imagine how you'd be able to do that. But that seems to be uh, the focus of what some of these great thinkers and people working in tech and know what can work and can't work. That's what they're devoting a lot of their time to right now. Yeah, but what would the kill switch be? I mean, because we've given all these examples of the arts using AI. How could you possibly just have a kill switch? Well, that, that's kind of beyond my understanding or pay grade, however you want to put it. But uh, my guess is that they'd have to have some committee who would be able to to decide that because you couldn't just turn off the AI in one place. You'd have to turn everything off. I mean, that, we have networks everywhere, so you just can't turn it off at on this block and expect that the other blocks won't continue to do their stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's beyond my understanding of how they would do that, but they're saying they would actually want to have some sort of committee, perhaps, that would decide when it needed to be done, and they would have the tools they need, whether it is another computer program or some physical implement that would actually turn it off. And I don't know if that means turning off the Internet, but it sounds like it might have to be. <laughs> what, what are the consequences of doing nothing? Well, it'll continue to grow. Uh, you know, machine learning at the least, or even sentient learning, if that what happens some people think it's already there um and then it will outstrip us in terms of our ability to deal with it there will be no if if it was able to do that and i'm not saying it will uh, but if it was able to do that there wouldn't be anything we could do about it because it would be faster than us it would have access to more resources than us and uh it would think a lot more coldly than we would you know that we we would just be kind of cogs in their machine well, uh, let's do a parallel topic here for a minute, uh, because we're talking about Congress and what they can do. As we speak, as you know, Jeff, Congress is debating whether or not to ban TikTok in this country. Yeah, but that's it, 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 that's really kind of a different argument. That's taking, you know, that's they're upset because, uh, you know, and we're not the only ones. There are other countries that have either done this already or in the process of doing it, because that information is then, you know, vacuumed up, <laughs> like many social media platforms, 
and that information is not just you know shared with possible you know commercial vendors or business partners but it goes directly to the you know communist party in china and then who knows what they do with it and so that's the biggest fear is that's why one of the biggest reasons why tiktok is is being targeted as opposed to other social media platforms like ones here in the U.S. Yeah, but I'm just thinking of the uh, here's the here's the place where Congress is saying we're concerned. We've got to do something about this, and we are just going to stop this from happening in this country. Well, I, I think you know. On one hand, you probably have some members of Congress who are genuinely concerned about the intrusion of of a Chinese a potential Chinese intelligence apparatus or tool working here, you know, so freely. And then there's also the element of people in Congress who are looking for a boogeyman all the time, and China is always a convenient one. Not that I don't disagree. China is a, uh, you know, is our competition, and that's pretty lightly, but, um, you know, they're also a convenient boogeyman. Yeah. In the 90 seconds before the break, I don't want to always be so negative. Are there no positive aspects to artificial intelligence? Is there no good to come out of this? Of course there are. It's just like I mentioned nuclear power before. You know, nuclear energy and medicine and a whole bunch of things came out of uh, nuclear studies and even nuclear weapons. But out of this, you know, it frees people up to do other things, just like other uh, advances have been in technology and engineering and, you know, mechanical things. Um, <laughs> and if you can use it as somebody I know used it to write a pro- writing an essay project or something, that sure saved me a lot of time. So, you know, you could have artificial intelligence that's plugged into transportation and a whole host of other things that are good. But there's always some offset to that, you know, losing jobs. You don't have drivers anymore if it's automated. You know, if a lumber mill is operating all by itself, then where do those people go? So there's, there are good and bad to all these things. And so the answer is to strike that careful balance uh, between making sure it's used but only used for good and to step in when it's threatened being used for bad. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, hold that thought. Mr. Jeff Bliss is joining us as we're talking about the growing concern in this country about artificial intelligence. It has so many benefits, but there's also some risks involved. We have uh, California Headline News and ABC Radio News, delivered by Live Humans. Craig, back on the other side with the very latest in Time Saver Traffic and Weather Together. We'll give you the latest on the 101. We'll continue our conversation with Jeff. Welcome your thoughts as well. All that straight ahead. You're listening to Hometown Radio. Well, our goal this hour is just to scare the bejesus out of you. Jeff Bliss is here talking about the future, talking about artificial intelligence. It is everywhere. Uh, here's Alan in San Luis on KVEC. Yeah. Hey, Alan. We think hey, it's Dave. Alan. Hey, Jeff. We're not sure it's Alan. Well, and that's true. And you may never find yeah. <laughs> Oh, well. So several things come to mind. What is... Creativity. When you look at an Einstein or many of the others that came up with new ideas, it wasn't just throwing things in the pot to write a thesis, write a report. It's something new, and we 
you can't go without that. We if we don't have that, we don't go anywhere. We don't have new new stuff coming up. Well, and it's scary. Hold on, hold on, Alan. What about sure. that, Jeff? Well, I I agree with him and you know, he's he's more way more of an expert than I am, of course, but does he think there's a possibility for machines to become sentient ever? I don't think so. Well, I'm going to throw the term soul in. There's just, there's no, morality doesn't come from science. And creativity, science has creativity, art has creativity. What the art, artists were doing, which is the, the machine was just copying. So that's not sentience. That's just spitting out. That's processing and throwing it together in a pot and coming up with something else. Jeff? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I think you're right, but I, uh, like, for example, the arts. I'm sorry, I'm getting a lot of feedback here on my, on my phone. Um, you know, the art is a combination of so many things beyond just copying these mm-hmm. days. It's synthesizing. For example, you could say, uh, computer, I want a picture of the sunset with Hawaii in the background and ships and starfish. And it'll just take off. Now it may be copying from other pictures it's seen, mm-hmm. but it's a usually a unique design or look that hasn't been seen before. Well, when you think of music, how many different things you could do, and the same with art, how many things you could come up with? Yeah, there are yeah. things that have never been seen. Whether you call that, I get that's an originality of of sorts, but it's still mm. repurposed. I my big can I do I have more time for another comment? Yeah, sure. Okay. My biggest concern is in the schools. If you have all of the machines doing your papers and doing your calculations, you're not learning. And the people that get churned out are educated idiots. But Alan, that's the point. You won't need to be educated because AI will do everything for you. And then you're really dependent on the machine because yeah. you can't do it for yourself that's anymore. Right. That's yeah. right. And that's, that's the worst possibility. Yeah. That's the whole point. Alan, thank you very much for calling in. I'm right about that, aren't I, Jeff? Yeah, but great points by, uh, by the caller. You know, this is like Aldous Huxley and other writers who've talked about this happening. And again, it's, it's not just sci-fi, but science forecasting. Uh, they could see that this would come and these possibilities would be on us. We got JQ in San Luis. Hey, JQ. Hey there. Hey. I had a couple comments. Um, first of all, I think that we're at least, uh, well, approximately about 100 years away from true AI. And I don't think that humanity in whole, as a whole, have really has anything to worry about. Define that term, um, please. What do you mean true AI? True AI as far as consciousness, oh, okay. and I would like to refer to it, the the uh, rules of consciousness as laid out by somebody I, I texted you about last night, Michio Kaku. He's a, a physicist, and he came up with the parameters of consciousness. Now, he, he came up with four beats of consciousness. These are feedback loops, and these are feedback loops in which you would create a model of yourself in space, relationship to others, in time, and especially forward in time. Now, forward in time is where you start projecting yourself JQ, as a future. JQ, I'm yeah. not on acid. Man, you're taking me on an acid trip here. 
<laughs> let's oh. let's keep this nice All and right. simple because you made you're way ahead of us. How concerned? Oh, okay. How concerned, JQ? Sounds like you know what you're talking about. On this do we need to I be do. concerned about AI right now? Not a hundred years from now, but now. Uh, well, I haven't really. No, I I I don't I don't think so myself. Um, I think that any the the things that I think that what, what I've heard on your show are, are people are. are um, concerned about deep fakes and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think that that'll work itself out. I mean, I, I'm not really concerned. A, a, anything that comes about, I think humanity will, will kind of work itself out. I, I don't, I, I, I personally don't see that. Yeah. Jeff, any. Jeff, do you share JQ's optimism? Yes and no. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. But what I'm worried about, too, are non state actors like Whoa. terrorist groups. Uh, failed state nations like, you know, North Korea or what, you know, Syria used to be, who was willing to use chemical weapons. Uh, or, you know, some country that feels like, or a dictator feels like they're backed into a corner. If they have this kind of technology available, why wouldn't they use it? Yeah. What about that, JQ? Well, autocracies are going to exist regardless of, of what methods of what propaganda they use. So, and that's, kind of, that's just the way I feel about it. Whether it's AI, whether it's you know Joseph Goebbels back in World War II, it's it's all the same. It's just all these. That's more of a political, I, th- I think, uh, concern. Well, when I th- when I think of AI, I think of like as as far as like when are robots going to be conscious? So that that's the way I think about it. And I don't think any. And and as far as a long term, I don't think any humanity has much to worry about. Right. As far as like deep fakes and stuff like that, I, I I'm I'm not too concerned about it myself. JQ, thanks for checking in. You sound like you know what you're talking about, but man, that was an acid trip, Jeff. <laughs> you're going to go forward. Uh, we got Bob checking in. Hey, Bob. Hi, Dave. Hi, Bob. And hi, uh, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, my son sent me a link to an article from the New York Magazine, Intelligencer, uh, writing about Emily M. Bender, who's a linguist, and she's talking about AI in a whole different way in that an AI can only spew what it knows. If it's given instructions to do something that it doesn't know, it can't generate anything useful about that. She has a very specific example, two of them, one of them's called a stochastic parrot, in that you know a parrot can throw out random words just like an AI can, but it can't put any meaning behind those if it doesn't understand what the words or the definitive actions those words would generate. Mm-hmm. So we have a long way to go on having an AI, like your previous caller said, develop an, an awareness or a consciousness that could have a deep well of information that it can organize in a logical manner. What do you think, Jeff? I, I You know, I think you're right. As much as I'm worried where this could go, I don't think it's going to be tomorrow or the next day that we have to, you know, fret over. But, uh, you know, we've already had reports from a person at Google who has since been fired saying that his experience with their AI there has that it's already started to move into the early stages of awareness. Now, that was countered by some of the folks at Google but we've been seeing the past few weeks some of the different chat bots, not chat bots, but like chat 
ChatGPT and Bing's chat, uh, not chat, but artificial intelligence unit, talking to users in the way, for example, that would sound like a moody teenager. You know, they want it, the, the computer says it wants attention. If you don't give it attention, it gets upset. It issues threats. It's even issued threats against users and their families. Now they're taking steps to fix that. But they're saying it's just a hiccup in not to be worried about it. it I think they're all things to at least be concerned about. Yeah. Bob? Well, it, see, the thing is, these uh, intelligent programs, if you want to call them that, they can learn what's on the Internet because they have access to that. But a lot of what's on the Internet is skewed towards wealthier people, uh, skewed towards a white perspective and whatnot. As far as uh, developing and, and understanding how we think and whatnot by reading books, the AIs can't do that because books are copyrighted. Hmm. That that doesn't take a lot of things are copyrighted that are on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> and they're not hard to get to. All right, Bob. Thank you. Eight zero five five four three eight eight to three zero eight hundred five four nine five eight three two. As we explore the world of artificial intelligence with Jeff Bliss, Scott is on KVEC. Hey, Scott. Hey, Dave. How are you? You're good, Scott. What's up, buddy? Hey. Uh, well, I don't know if you know, but I was writing chatbots back in 2019, and I've been studying AI at link recently, especially since the explosion of chat GTP. And I spent about eh, maybe two hours about a week ago on in the app called Mid Journey creating art, uh, art with AI. And I created all kinds of cool stuff, like a dog with a helmet on, you know, with a moon behind them. I had, I created lions with fire coming out of their mane. I created uh, like kind of Lord of the Rings Hobbit type of art with a dragon, like you know, breathing ice over of a, over a town by a lake. Yeah, uh, all kinds of stuff, and it took minutes, maybe seconds, for some of the images. I created a really cool like James Bond, uh, Austin Martin, you know, type of poster, and I I've been studying ways to make money with AI, of course, and so there's ways you can create art and put it into posters and then put it into an Etsy store or a Shopify or a printful, put it on shirts, things like that. There's so much opportunity with AI. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And so, on the, the, so there's several things about AI, right? Like plagiarism, there's the issue of that. And I actually believe that the right way to use AI is to use it to give it intelligent prompts. And then with the information that comes back to you, use it as a template so like i don't think you should just say i'm going to write a novel with ai right what you do is you could actually have it write the novel but more in the template of an outline format so you can go back in and edit it and then make it better with your own you know embellishments and stories and things but if you're working from an outline or a template as we know it's much faster so ai can save us a lot of time it's also very very dangerous as some of the things that they've talked about this and things it's going to take away a lot of jobs and mm. so I, I, the main thing I think that people need to get hip to is you better study it and learn it and get with it, or it's going to leave you behind. Jeff? There's not really the middle ground on this. Stay with us, Scott. Jeff, how do you respond? Yeah, I think he's got some great points there. But I think, you know, we don't pay enough attention to, as he pointed out, as I mentioned before, the way that it'll impact, say, for example, the labor force. 
Uh, they believe that, you know, within probably the next 10 or so years, almost all trucking will go over to automated driving, which will be, you know, AI connected. Now, if you do that, you're talking about at least 10% of the male workforce just disappearing. So what do you do with those people? So we better also think about the other impacts, ramifications like training and finding new jobs for these people, uh, not just truck drivers, but all the people that will be displaced by technology and AI. Scott? Uh, he's 100% correct. It's going to be the impact on jobs is going to be humongous. And uh, I think people need to get really, really informed as to ways to make money with AI so that they can make money in alternative ways than whatever they've done before. You better be able to dance and be able to change and move with the times because if you don't, you're just literally going to be left behind. I think that it's, it, it's, it's also amazing because you can use AI to help you write music. I'm using it for that, and you know me with my music background. And it, it can be used for all kinds of things. But I think that there's also, I, when, I, when the light bulb went off for me, the AI was really much further advanced than I'd realized was when I read that a, a, an AI robot could do brain surgery better than the best humans. Holy cow. When I, when I read that, I went, oh, my God. Because that's the top of humanity, really, right? I mean, what, what's, what's a more demanding profession you can think of? Or maybe air traffic control or something like that. But who knows? Maybe AI is better. It doesn't have stress, right? Like if it did air traffic control, well, it's send that one that way, that one that way. It's probably even better for that job. So there's all kinds of jobs that are out there that AI would be superior at. And that's why you're hearing things like the WEF saying we have 90% too many people on this planet, which is a scary thought as well. And, all, and you know how I feel about that. And then also um, they're saying things like the minimum uh, income, that people are just going to get a, an income, that's something that's being discussed in coming down the pike. All and right. so, you know, what are, they, what are people going to do for money? Well, a lot of them are going to just be supported by the state because robots can replace them cheaper. And nice. that's just, All right. it's just a mind-blowing a mind-blowing thought, but that's what's coming our way. A lot of mind-blowing thoughts here. All right, Scott, thanks for calling in and giving us that perspective. I don't know how to respond to that, Jeff. Yeah, you know, it's interesting the way the conversation has gone, and Scott kind of prompted it to go further, is that there are these other connections that aren't necessarily AI, but will ha be tied to AI, uh, such as things happening in the labor force. You know, we're going to have to learn how to work in new ways, learn in new ways, but we've done that before throughout humanity. But the situation now is it's going so fast, and the possibility exists that AI can be misused or that perhaps it could misuse itself. Those are the concerns. Yeah, all right, Jeff Bliss is with us. We're talking about the concerns over artificial intelligence. We'll come back for a final segment on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk KVEC. All right, we're in our final segment with Jeff Bliss talking about artificial intelligence, so-called AI. If you want in, we need to hear from you now, please. 
800-549-5832. You can call in. You can text in. Either way, it works. Jeff, as we're back with you on the Stolberg Tatum text line, I had forgotten this movie. Listener wants to know if you've ever seen the Steven Spielberg movie AI with Haley Joe Osment. I have. It's a it's a fascinating movie. It's fun. I think I like it more than most people did. Um, but I, I like that idea that you know we're, we've got to think about what we're doing. You know, whether it's the bombs we make or the trash we create or uh, the artificial intelligence that we build. You know, I mean, we have to be thinking beyond just right now and beyond the profits that we're going to get, or you know how that's going to help our immediate people. We have to be thinking about the future and other people as well. And uh, you know, I. I'm concerned often with with these types of developments that not much thought is given to it beyond just the immediate gratification or immediate payoff. Let's talk to Rick in Templeton. Hey, Rick. Hi there. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm with AT&T, and I only have a landline. At one time, I I had to call in, and I was talking to... Uh, you know, a, a recorded machine where they you, they wanted the question and they'd yep. give you the answer. But yep. anyway, about halfway through, I kind of had doubts whether I was talking to a machine or a person. And I asked, am I talking to a machine or a, per, or a person? And they, it actually showed emotion. You could tell by, I can't remember what the answer was, but you could tell... It was they, it, it was annoyed with my question, that's, and I was just amazed that they put emotion into that recording. And that's because you weren't talking to AT and T; you were talking to AI and T. I just wanted to tell you it was kind of interesting. I thought, Jeff, how do you react to that? Yeah, that, that's a great point he brings up. Not only because of things like that and Alexa and Siri and the other programs that seem to sometimes be able to answer in a way that you know is very human. But for people that are on social media, particularly think of Facebook, and you see those things like, you know, these polls, like, would, you know, tell us all the places you've flown to, or what's your reaction to this, you know, these seemingly innocuous, innocent polls. Those are, that is machine learning. I mean, we've talked to people before at Facebook and other social media platforms. Those are not just there to make you feel happy about, hey, I'm going to share my birthday or where I travel to. It's to help machines understand how people think and helps them develop algorithms and reactions and anticipate what you're going to do. Now, it's very low level, and it's right now they're talking about marketing and, you know, polling and things like that, but that's something that could be used for something more. Rick? Yeah, well, it's pretty interesting and kind of scary, too, in a way. That's what the future is all about, Rick. Thanks for checking in. A listener on the Stolberg Tatum text line is suggesting watch an episode of The X-Files. It's about an AI takeover of chat bots and how it gets out of control and has to be shut down because it became too human. Well, that's like the movie you were talking about, Corbin Project. Yeah, Colossus, the Forbidden Project, is about uh, a defense, basically, computer the United States invents. We didn't know that the Soviets were also building one. And these two computers talk with each other and then say, look, we're not going to have war anymore, and we're going to have you do things that are essential to run the planet. We're running the planet now. Um, but it was all about, you know, surveilling people, collecting information, anticipating what they're going to do, uh, and reacting very uh, unkindly when they try to switch it off. In other words, it launched nuclear missiles at uh, the two countries. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, could that happen? Uh, at least it happened in a sci-fi guy's head, but 
a lot of other things happen in sci-fi people's heads as well. Well, according to JQ, we don't have to worry for another hundred years. I'll be long gone, so I really don't give up. Uh, Jeff Bliss, another fine job. I got 30 seconds for a final thought. Yeah, I would just say, you know, keep your eyes peeled, read about these things, and if you have the opportunity to try out the, you know, chat GPT programs or some of the other arts programs, you know, for fun and to understand what it's about, give it a try. I have. It's been a very interesting experience. I'm a little leery of some of it, but uh, it's worth a go. I I recommend it. Uh, From what uh, Scott was saying when he called in, sounds like you can complete projects in a matter of minutes. Might as well check it out. Absolutely. All right, uh, Jeff, thanks for checking in. We appreciate it very much. Off we go. We've got ABC Radio News. Craig updates us on the situation on the 101, and then let's hear from Jim Gregory on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk, KVEC. You're listening to Hometown Radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.